Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Volunteers with the UNC Young Democrats registered. Well, they said there were like 600 people out at this uh, rally uh, to uh, to exploit the uh, the death of this uh, associate professor who was murdered by one of his students, a research partner of his. Don't know why. No motive yet. But uh, they held a big rally. They, uh, they had the Democratic Party chairman come in, and she uh, called on the people to, uh, to go after the Republican lawmakers, like murderers are coming after them. And we're coming after you, like murderers are coming after us. I'm sure they'll say that's not what she meant at all when she said it. So out of the 600-plus people that were at the rally, how many people do you think the Young Democrats registered? I'll tell you in a minute. First, let me get Eileen on the program. Hello, Eileen. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hello, Pete. I'm fine. Good. What's going on? Um, when I was driving home, I heard this young person screaming. Mm-hmm. And the thought that came to my mind was about Lucy Van Pelt in Peanuts. Yeah. Where she says, if you cannot be right, be wrong at the top of your lungs. That. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. It's like the uh, what's the 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 lawyer f- uh, saying? The lawyer saying is like when you when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have emotion, or you when you have the when you have the feelings or something, you pound the feelings. And if you don't have either that either of those, or no, you have the law, then you pound the law. And if you don't have the facts or the law, then you just pound the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same idea. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't imagine, and I'm eager to hear how many registered. Do you want to take a guess out of 600 people that were at the rally? 50. You say 50? Yeah. All right, here we go. Not 50. 24. 24 (laughs) (laughs) new voters. There you go. Uh, Eileen, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Good to talk with you. Yeah, 24. That's how many new voters that the the Democrats uh, um, registered at their rally. 24. Which tells you what? They were preaching to their choir. This is why I say it's all performative. Look, there is value in the rituals surrounding mourning. I don't, I don't dismiss that or deny that, nor diminish it. There is value in that. But that's not what this was about yesterday. This was a Wellstone Memorial-esque event. This was a political rally. When, when you have David Hogg show up, you, you sort of give away the game. And just in case it wasn't clear, you've got the chairman of the Democratic Party, coming to exhort people to register to vote for Democrats because they're the ones who are going to prevent you from dying? That's the pitch? Vote for us and nobody will die from guns? That's your pitch. 
Do you realize how absurd that sounds? How unattainable that utopian vision is. That's like saying, vote for me and I'll stop the planet from warming or cooling or hurricanes from spawning or people from dying. Like this idea, this is a, it's all in this, this mindset of safetyism that we can prevent death. And maybe, maybe this is sort of a natural philosophical outgrowth of the lack of belief in some other purpose or life hereafter, right? Maybe that's what we're seeing. People need to believe in something. And when you've given them nothing to believe in, and you've ripped down all of the institutions, they lack purpose, therefore they lack meaning. So what's the point? Let me go over here to uh, Tim. Hello, Tim. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Pete. How you doing? Hey, I'm all right. What's up? I just had a comment about the lady that you played was screaming at the memorial service how the students are afraid to go to the library and movie theater yeah. and everywhere else. Well, if they're so afraid to go places, how come every time I try to go somewhere it's crowded with young students? And, uh, you know, I couldn't even get a ticket to the Barbie movie because it was sold out everywhere. <laughs> well... <laughs> Maybe, uh, uh, well, maybe they weren't all just young people going, Tim. Uh, if you were uh, trying to get the tickets, too, I'm thinking maybe there were a lot of other people in different age groups. Well, I, I was being extremely cynical. No, I, I got you. I, I don't think I'd go. But, I mean, I don't like having it. It is a true tragedy. But also, statistically speaking, it's very rare. No, no. I think, Tim, we lost your signal. Uh, I think he was saying something there. I think he's saying statistically it's rare. I think I caught that. Yeah, it it is tragic. It's a murder. There was a murder, and it happened to occur on campus. Would 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 the murder victim be any less dead if the person who had a student ID had access to the lab and was a research associate, was, uh, an, uh, was a grad student that worked with the victim, right? They, they, they have a history together. If that guy, if the murderer had shown up into that classroom, into that lab, with a, with a knife, with a bat, with his bare hands, whatever, and murdered him in a, using a different weapon with, you know, whatever, like, w- would he be... Any less tragically killed? Would the Democratic Party have held a rally on campus if this professor had been murdered by any other means? I think we all know the answer to that. And it's no, they would not. They would not have shown up on campus and they would not have engaged in this kind of demagoguery, which tells us what? That the act itself is secondary, if even that. The murder itself is secondary to whatever the ulterior motive, the real purpose is. That's the primary reason they're there, to register kids to vote, because this is your demographic, and to get people scared and angry, a.k.a. motivated to vote for you. They made this explicitly clear. 
I'm going to play her soundbite again. Just be warned. It is very screechy, but be warned. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. And you? Good. What's going on? Uh, my question is to the age group of people that this young lady represents. Did they do any statistics on how many people are killed from drunk driving or other accidents over a year's time versus gun crimes or people killed by weapons? Mm-hmm. No, they, that's not that's not ever part of this debate either. You can't even get them to look. How come the Democratic Party didn't show up at Beatty's Ford Road when when there was this massive gunfight uh, on Juneteenth a couple of years ago? I think four people were murdered and nobody saw nothing. Right. Nobody. Absolutely. Saw Even provoked with money. They still won't speak. Yeah. So how is so why why are they on Chapel Hill's campus yesterday, but not at Beatty's Ford Road? What's the difference? Absolutely. I yeah. agree with you 100 percent yeah. because they're uneducated and misguided. Chris, I appreciate the call, man. Uh, you talking about the UNC people? I totally. Oh, wait. Well, yeah. Or the Democrat. Oh, well, yeah, that's OK. No, the, the reason they went there tells you why they went there, right? I mean, the the fact that they're on campus talking to college students, getting them angry, getting them scared. By the way, when she talks about how fearful everybody in her generation is, which I'm not sure how she became the spokesperson for the entire generation, but apparently that election happened and she won. So uh, she is now saying that everybody in that age group, they're all afraid of going anywhere all the time. You know, maybe... Maybe stop trying to make people afraid to go everywhere all the time, and then people won't be afraid to go everywhere all the time. Maybe that? How about that? Right? Some context, some perspective, that people go to all these places all the time, and nothing happens. That violent crime is actually not, it's actually gone down. It has ticked back up recently, but it's not where it was in my lifetime. I mean, when I was growing up, it was way more violent. Way more people were getting murdered. All right. I still have not even gotten off of this AP story. I've got three other pieces regarding this Wellstone Memorial that was held uh, at UNC Chapel Hill campus yesterday in order to, uh, to agitate and get out the vote and get registered voters for the Democrat Party of North Carolina using the murder of a professor in order to demagogue Republicans and get 24 people to sign up uh, uh, as Democrats. I mean, I assume they signed up as Democrats. Those were the numbers reported by the UNC Young Democrats who registered 24 new voters at the rally. Final quote here from the AP story. Danielle Kennedy, a freshman from Apex, held up a handmade sign that said, This is my second school shooting. What are the odds? The computer science student told the Associated Press that she was overwhelmed Monday with familiar feelings of terror after having lived through a similar three-hour lockdown earlier this year when a student brought a BB gun to her high school. Okay. Um, okay. Somebody set off a bomb in one of our bathrooms in high school. They just cleared the building. 
I mean, it was a stink bomb. It was terrible. It smelled. It 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 did havoc on the uh, on the plumbing too. But then again, yeah. You know, so did Vinny D'Agostino. Like every day after. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I'm just kidding. It's not even a real person. <laughs> it's a. It was two names from two different people. I'm protecting the innocent. Anyway, um, I, I I don't know when. Is it possible that the lockdown precautions that everybody's always taking and all this, like, you guys realize that you're deciding to be victims. The late Dan Starks used to talk about this all the time. In fact, it was the name of his program. He did it on TV. He did it on radio. He did self-defense trainings. I took a concealed carry class from uh, Dan Starks. And his whole thing, the name of it was Don't Be a Victim. And we are teaching people to only view themselves as victims of something, of a great many things, actually. People are constantly feeling like they're the victim in all sorts of ways. And when you, when, when you view yourself through this, uh, this prism, then that's all you become. And you're so much more than that. In fact, it's, it's not something that should define you. You get to determine how to de- how to define yourself don't be a victim this this gets back to that i've talked about it before this tendency for interpersonal victimhood tiv it is an identified psychological profile and people who have this tiv profile they get trapped by it and it does happen at a societal level as well so constantly telling yourself that you are the victim, it just puts you into a thicker and thicker shelf, uh, shell rather, from which you, you can't escape. That, that's no way to live. It's no way to live. On March 29th, the North Carolina General Assembly voted to override Governor Roy Cooper's veto on Senate Bill 41. The bill repealed the requirement to obtain a permit from a local sheriff before purchasing a handgun. And on Monday, a man armed with a 9mm handgun, which, yeah, do we know that? They haven't found the murder weapon. Anyway, was present on our campus, resulting in chaos, confusion, and most tragic of all, death. This is a piece at the Daily Tar Heel, the student newspaper. I'm not going to identify the writer. It's not important. I don't want to, I mean, she's, you know, she's just, she's a student newspaper writer, columnist, Okay. I read some of the stuff I wrote back in the day, and I cringe at it, too. Maybe she will at some point in the future, but who knows? Maybe she'll parlay this into actually a job at the News and Observer. That's probably what will happen. But the, uh, the causation that she's, that she's uh, implying here doesn't exist. We don't, there's, no, there's no connection between Senate Bill 41 and what happened on Monday. I'll give you more of the details on this uh, this piece, but also a couple of write-ups from BearingArms.com. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organized the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. 
food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? A couple of messages here. Let's go through them. Uh, the national gun control groups are disgusting, says Russ. They had out-of-state organizers on campus with pre-printed signs hours after the shooting. I saw a post from a student there who said that they kept asking him about how traumatic it was, and he was like, nah, I wasn't even on campus. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah, people are laughing at the BB gun, <laughs> the BB gun story. Yeah, you could put your eye out, kid. That's true. Um, let me see here. Yeah, or stop the oceans from rising. Yep, exactly, uh, Mark. Um like this utopian vision, this this zero gun death, right? This like this is zero emissions. See, that's the beauty of of creating these these political goals as slogans, right? Or slogans as goals is you never get there. It's like this is why I always mock the the progressives' um, uh, campaign pitches and their their slogans that always have forward in them, right? Forward, forward, and and progress which always looks like regression for some reason but progress and forward well that's not necessarily the the best route forward is not always the best route if forward means you go off a cliff then i would submit you do not go forward it's these empty platitudes that just drive me nuts Oh, and uh, speaking of driving me nuts, let's listen to the Democratic Party chairwoman again. Anderson Clayton. She's 25. She's totally rural, y'all. And she's going to get all of them rural voters that were all in on the Republicans. She's going to get them to flip to Democrats because she says, y'all, y'all, rural, y'all. And instead of fixing problems like the one we're seeing on UNC's campus and in Jacksonville right now, they are saying our citizens by trying to say the LGBTQ community shouldn't exist on this campus. All right. When exactly have the Republicans in the state legislature said that LGBT people shouldn't exist on the campus at UNC Chapel Hill? I missed it. I'm, I don't know when that happened. All of the debate around the transgender stuff, if that's what she's talking about, all of that stuff happens. I mean, that's happening in the K-12 government schools. It's not at the it's not at the college level. I'm not sure. That's not OK. And I know that all of you are hurting and I'm hurting with you. And this party grieves with you because no one should have died on this campus on Monday. But there has to be a reckoning in our state right now, y'all. Because the Republicans need to know that we are coming for them just as people right now are coming for us on our campuses, in our classrooms, in our lunchrooms, and everywhere else in between. That shouldn't be your reality or anyone else's 
right now. All right. So she's either highly neurotic or she's a demagogue, right? Those, those are the options that we are being presented here. I don't see it another way. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Hello, Mike. How are you? Welcome oh, to the show. Oh. Hello, Pete. How have you been? Hey, I'm all right. I'm doing all right. How about you? Good, good doing well, doing well. What I'd like to, to ask you is what, what, what solutions do you think might be, um, might work? I mean, what I'm hearing a lot of, of course, is why the Democrats are full of whatever and why it's a utopian point of view, et cetera. But, you know, we're, we're killing each other through guns at the rate of close to 1,000 a week. Uh, and the last, the last statistic whole year that they measured it was 2021, and that was like 48,000-plus gun deaths. Right? And what half are those? Half hang half on, but, Mike, what half are those? Half by suicide. Mike, what are, those, what, are the, what are those gun deaths? A half are by suicide. Okay. And the question is... And, oh, and then, what, then what's number two? Um, well... I can tell you. Go ahead. Domestic violence. And then what's number three? I can, uh, I can tell you that's street crime. Gang yeah. violence, right? Street crime, gangs. Okay? Right. So those are your top three. That accounts for virtually all of the gun deaths. Okay? So my, my question is, though, is my, my question is just simple to you. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a way uh, in your mind that we can maybe get that down to like just only 40,000? Yeah. A year, yeah, I, I believe so. Sure. So which one would you like to talk about first? Do you want to talk about the suicides or the domestic violence or the street crimes? Because all three of those require different approaches, right? Okay. Right. And see, this okay. is this is the kind of nuanced discussion that is never had when you hold these types of Wellstone Memorial like rallies to demagogue the issue. So suicides. We have one now. So have right. One. So how do you go about? So how do we go about reducing? the uh, the number of uh, gun deaths related to suicide, right? Well, I think some of those, um, some of the red flag laws tried to get at some of that with the mental health component, right? We're putting people onto, uh, onto lists. Of course, there's always problems when you create those lists. How do you get on them? How do you get off them and all of that? Um, but yeah, through better mental health services for people who are struggling with depression, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one how, way how to get... How that would lower things? What's that? How much do you think that would lower things? And the only reason I ask that is because, you I, know, I don't know whether we think that Americans are that crazy because there are mental health problems in, I don't know, Canada, mm-hmm. England, Australia, New Zealand, mm-hmm. and none of them have the type of gun deaths that we do here. So maybe it's just that we're crazier than so, su- so, so hang on. So you, so you did it again. You conflated all of the gun deaths with just the suicides, right? So if you're going to talk about mental health challenges, then then yeah, there, like, there are some things that go beyond mental health. Yeah. Uh, you, you get into Now you're getting into uh, the increased rates of depression and anxiety. Some of that is actually driven by kids that uh, that are on their phones way too much from a very early age, but also it's driven by a society that doesn't give them purpose and meaning. Uh, it, it comes from a lot of broken homes. It comes okay. from a, a it comes from a drift away from uh, the institutions of you know church and civic organizations and that okay. sort of thing. A detachment from the uh, from the nuclear family. There are a whole bunch of cultural reasons why people are drifting away and becoming right. more anxious and depressed, so, and we're seeing increased rates of that. So if you're trying so to get at redu- if you're trying to get at a reduction 
in gun deaths and you're looking yeah. at the subset of suicides, which is the number one uh, uh, cohort inside of gun deaths, then that is a very different kind of a thing than street crime, for example, right? That's a right. different approach. And, and, and also, it's a far different approach than domestic violence cases, right. you know, where you, I would submit if, you know, you get hauled in for a domestic violence charge or something, then, mm-hmm. yeah, like, then you should be prevented from following through with your threats. Then there should be more of an effort to prevent people from stalking their, uh, uh, their, uh, their partners and mm-hmm. such. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a whole raft of things that can be done. But th- that means actually getting tougher on crime, right? Okay. And, so and are you okay with that? Or, so, for example, are you okay with harsher gun crime penalties? Are you okay with longer prison sentences if you get busted for any kind of a crime and you're using a gun in that crime? Are you okay with longer prison terms? Yeah, I, absolutely. My question is, okay. how, how much would that reduce the violence? How much would, would, would we get down to, say, under 40 that way, and again, I'm, I'm conflating the, the all gun violence, but I mean, right? But right so, now, all right. So, so, so what? How about how about Mike? You make up a number. You make up a number. Uh, let's see. Let's just take it down to forty thousand. Okay, fine. So, Whatever. Now, what's your point? Well, now my point is is that these uh, solutions that you're talking about, which I think are good. My question to you is, how much would they? You already asked that, and I just said whatever. Make up a number. I don't care. So, what's the point? You're asking how much it reduces it by. We don't know that, so I said make up a number. You gave a number of forty thousand. So fine. Now, now, so what's your point? Well, the point is, is that the reason it seems to me, and this is where I'd love to hear your feedback, that we have all these gun deaths, unlike any other nation on earth, is because of the easy availability of guns. Okay, it seems to me. Okay, and so it would seem to me. Um, that you know, you would make it as less. You make it a lot less difficult. You raise the bar. Not impossible at all by any means. I'm not looking to ban guns at all. Oh no, of course not. At all, right? No, sure. Course, no, nobody. I mean, no. it's not. It's not going to happen anyway. Oh right. But what I'm, what I'm, what I'm just questioning though is the extent to which uh, those that are against all. You know, gun regulations. Nobody's what against their, all gun regulations. Well, but what their solution is? Yeah, um, and that's, that's I gave you some, Mike. Hang on. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. I gave you some. I thought we went over some of those things. I ran through a couple different ideas for all the different subsets. All right, we'll circle back like Jen Pisaki does. Hang on. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. And as I, uh, I don't know why I like to do that. I, I like to hold Mike over uh, for another uh, for another round just because I enjoy our conversation so much. Mike, 
You still I there? Too. All right, good. I do too. Yes. All right. Hey, so I am, I am enjoy, enjoy them as well, and I'm glad we're having a civilized discussion yeah. on gun control because it's let's face it, it's a big problem. Yes, and so uh, by the way, so before I get back to the uh, the the, yeah. the walk down this uh, hypothetical path uh, of solutions, because you know me, I'm all about solutions. But um, do you do you have any thoughts on what the chairwoman of the Democratic Party? Uh, said there yesterday at Chapel Hill, do you defend or do you disavow what she uh, what she said, uh, uh, calling on the people to go after lawmakers like the like shooters go after everybody? I, you know, it's it's not my it's not my style. You know me well enough. To right. But do you defend it still. or do you disavow um, it? I, I, I defend the fact that people are mm-hmm. understandably frustrated right so so calling for people to get targeted okay so all right yeah but i'm 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 not not the exact words but i mean she clearly was emotional and people are allowed to be in this situation right so if you know somebody goes and shoots up the legislature i guess you know yeah she's free and clear yeah she's free and clear yeah she didn't she didn't prompt it okay good i just want to make sure the double standard's alive and well um so all right we've got the wait just a second i'm not gonna let you that's exactly what it is mike that's stochastic terrorism and, and, and as a guy who sits in a chair, as I do at a talk station, I'm very aware of how words can be used to motivate people. And I'm very careful all the time. So I never get accused of that sort of thing. And I am aware of how often it does get uh, uh, bandied about towards people on the right. Whenever something bad happens and you can attach it to somebody on the right, you blame people on the right, people in this chair for somehow or another inspiring violence. And so if that's the standard then that's the standard, and you should disavow what she said. But you're not doing that. That's why I know you know there is a double standard. The, the, the double standard, I think, is not just on this end of the phone, Pete. There's a use of hyperbole that can be used on both sides as well. Okay, right? so as long as we're clear that you're we're moving away from it again. Okay, so yeah. let, let's go back to the hypothetical path that we were walking down. We got like 50,000 gun deaths. You say that uh, suicides, domestic violence, street crime, and uh, if, if we implement ideas that the right has, the conservatives have, and have suggested, and we go after these types of things differently than just simply getting all the guns off the street, we peg the number at, it only reduces it, uh, by uh, 10,000 or so, get us down to 40,000. So you, so whatever you're interested in doing, whatever those ideas are, what do, what does your number, what's your number? How many gun deaths do we get to with your preferred course? I will let me back up for just a second. So again, again, talking about double standards, there is, you know, this thing about, oh, we're, what we want, what we want is to get all, get every gun off the street. In other words, code word, I'm, we want every gun ever yeah. eliminated in America. And nobody is saying that. So what's your number? What's All right, fine. So what's your number? I don't know what the number is. Well, no, you made me give you a number. So, so. Well, no, what I'm saying is, is that I don't think that those suggestions that you're talking about, like mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, things along those lines, getting, you know, tougher on guns, mm-hmm. um, is going to reduce. It, okay, fine. So what's I'm your not, number? I'm not opposed to them. I'm fine. So, to fine. So, what, so whatever but, course but you would like, Mike, I'm running out of time. So whatever course sure. you would like to take, whatever course you would like to take, yeah. what does that drive the number down to? Um, I don't know that there's a specific number on it. What I'm is what it I zero? Though, I, is is it zero? Get, this is where we get from. No, no. Is, is it zero? 
Well, uh, no, I don't think we're ever going to get down to, to, to zero. That's not the utopian. I mean, I, okay. So, so don't, don't assign us. Don't assign us. Oh, you tried to do it to me. So here we get. A, here we have another double standard. You 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 demanded a number from me. I just let I you make one up on your own, but you kept asking me. But now I'm asking you, and you don't have a number, and you're like, "Oh, that's." I'm just asking, do you think it will be it will be reduced really significantly by making the, these mental health changes? What is so? It's not. That's not the only thing I said. What do you think your changes would it be significant? Uh, if you look at things like just the banning of the assault weapons and what we did there, yes, it, it dropped significantly. Okay, so banning assault weapons. I'm writing this down, Mike. If you want to hang on, I'll ask you about that up next. Banning assault weapons would drive it down significantly. Okay, gun deaths down significantly. All right, we'll we'll pick that up.